Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible! <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast, presented by BetMGM, the king of sports books. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your NFL week number 14 betting preview if you've been listening you already know we're gonna break down our favorite sides totals teasers money line underdogs and of course crack open our weekly sunday six-pack of against the spread bets we do it with the help of my co-host the prime minister degenerate nation mr three and oh last week stucky good week bro what's going on yeah, I was uh was kind of pissed I didn't get the full sweep with the the Cardinal Steelers total. Yeah, like all these weather delays, quarterback injury, all these other injuries. To, and then I knew it was toast when the Steelers got stopped at the one on fourth and goal and didn't sneak the ball like the idiots that they are. Another good week for the pod. We were an overtime coin flip away from getting that elusive six and zero sweep. But uh yeah, it's been a good year. I think we're twenty one, eight and one over the past five weeks so yeah, a little over 72 percent isn't bad but as i always say who cares we're on to next week so uh let's try to keep it rolling last week was last week this week was this week next week will be next week i mean we could leave last week in last week but unfortunately when you talk about tomlin we're right back to it because this thursday night game features another spot with the pittsburgh steelers getting an egregious amount of points, to be frank. It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet Thursday night football. Now you're talking about your boy, Mitch Bortles, favored by six. Six with a total of 30, no less. I guess we have to talk about this game. Uh, where do you want to start? Yeah, I really have no interest in this game. If I was going to bet it, I would take the It's the Patriots or nothing at this number. Needing the Steelers with Mitch Bortles to win by seven plus. That's a tall task. But, I mean, 
a lot of uncertainty with quarterbacks on each side. Was last week rock bottom for the Patriots? I don't know. They didn't cover five and a half in a game they held a team to six. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's great line by the Osmakers. Hey, give, give great that's, lines. That's got to be close to rock bottom, uh, <laughs> especially against the Chargers, who find ways to lose games like that. It's not going to be a crazy weather game. It's hard. Yeah, I can't remember the last time there was a total this low without crazy weather. Look, this is the, your typical Thursday night trash game. Uh, I'm glad we're getting it out of the way. I show a little bit of value in the Patriots. I just don't want to put my money behind that team on a short week right now. And I also don't want to back the Steelers needing to win by a touchdown or more. If you're going to watch this game, I think that the Pats money line may be worth uh, some couch change. But this is a game I want absolutely no part of. The easiest just scratch off for me of the week. Minus six total 30 on Thursday night. Nope, we're on to Sunday. So uh, I have no interest here. Personally, think the Pats might be just on some, you know, 40 chest tank, but, but you know, keeping everything close with these, you know, holding the opponent to te- like 10 or less, but still losing so that, you know, they keep the three in a row. Uh, First time it attractive. The, Ch- the Chicago Cardinals in Ooh. 1948. So what you do is you kind of keep the job and, and the franchise attractive because you're like, hey, we got this defense that hey, we just get a quarterback. You know, a couple of pieces around them, maybe you could do something. So I don't know if they want to win games, but I'm not going to have a bet on this game either. I, we might go from the fifth NFL game in league history with no punts to the first NFL game. In, well, not the first, but I mean, has there ever been a scoreless tie in 70 minute overtime? It's weird because I actually know this. There's been 70 plus games that have ended 0-0. Oh, wow. But. But it has not happened uh, post-merger. Last time it happened was 1943. <laughs> the reason I know this is that I started to look up when the Jets went up 2-0 on the Falcons. Uh, <laughs> I said, this game could have 2-0. I got one for you. Who led the league in passing yardage in 1943? Uh, Sammy Ball. Close. Sid Luckman. Sammy Ball was second, I believe. Ah! Uh, I know some people are listening to this podcast because they do want to bet the Thursday night game. So uh, if you're looking for some trends, uh, Patriots, you know, you have uh, a team, an underdog coming off a shutout, 45, 27 and three, 63% over the last two decades. Uh, Road underdogs on the total is 38 or less, 91 and 60, 60% uh, since 2009. Uh, A non-divisional game where the road team is an underdog and the road team is also on a five game or more straight up losing streak, 74, 46, 62% over the last two decades. And then of course the under, under when the road team's coming off a shutout is 61%. The primetime unders are 27 and 12 this year, 69%. You have uh, New England unders this year, nine and three, 75%. Thursday night unders 40 or below, 24 and seven, 77%. Uh, going all the way back to 2006, it doesn't happen. Doesn't happen very often. So uh, Patriots and the under are the play, which is part of the reason why I think you know we don't want to play this. It's just uh, let's get out of here and move on to the week 14 Sunday six pack. Thirsty for action. Let's crack open the Sunday six pack. 
All right, we are uh, up to 47, 30, and 1, 61% against the spread uh, with our six-pack picks on the year. You went 3-0 and last week. I went 2-1. and The Titans could just keep their punter healthy. Uh, they mean, probably mm. don't miss the extra point. Might be a different yeah. story, but, I mean, how many bad beats are we going to take in, in a special team this year? It's, it's never ending, Ridiculous. but can't complain. Can't complain. I mean, 61%. With you know a bunch of bad beats is I think, um, you know yeah and well we're we're gonna have a cold streak, maybe it's not this year maybe it's next year and hopefully, when we're not, seeing things clearly, the gods pay us back with some uh, undeserved covers, but uh, on to week fourteen can't believe we're at week fourteen already. You are up first. Uh, for my first pick of the week fourteen Sunday six pack. I'm going with the Cleveland Browns minus three, minus 120 right now at BetMGM. We'll grade it there. doesn't really matter for the contest. Uh, look, I know that this the total is super low. There's going to be some weather. For what it's worth, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be at this game, going up to vi- my annual trip to visit my friend Scott and some other friends up in Cleveland. I usually go for Ravens Browns, which is always in December, but this year it wasn't, and I have too much going on with college football. But there's only one college football game this weekend. Going up there, I said, look, bro, let me pick another spot on the calendar. This made sense with only Army-Navy. Browns, Jags, I expected both teams in the playoff mix. They are. I didn't expect it to be, most likely, C.J. Beathard versus Joe Flacco and torrential downpour and maybe 20 to 30 mile an hour wins. So might have picked one of the worst. At least it's not Pat Steelers. Uh, and at least there's a bar behind where we're sitting where I'll uh, be watching most of the other games, including the Ravens. But I do have money on this game. Um, I like the Browns here for a number of reasons. One, short week for the Jags, a little bit of a factor late in the year, too. It's kind of a little bit more detrimental, but the injuries they suffered. I don't expect Trevor Lawrence to play with that ankle sprain. If he does, good luck. He's going to be uh, – other quarterbacks who have tried to play with a high ankle sprain, it has not gone well in a short week. I don't think he's going to play, and if he does, he's not mobile. That's how teams have been beating the Browns a bit lately, getting their, moving their quarterback around. And that Trevor Lawrence, I'd have it like a six-point downgrade to C.J. Beathard, but he wasn't the only injured. Christian Kirk is now out. Walker Little, who was – they already lost Cam Robinson, who's on IR tackle. Walker Little, left tackle, went out. You know, you lost your nose tackle. Fadakasi, they lost – you know, Trey Hendon got hurt. Greg Gregory Jr., they were needing in there. He got hurt. Andre Sisco got hurt, came back in. The point is they had a ton of injuries, impactful ones. And what does that mean? You're going to get C.J. Beathard in there. He's – you know, not the worst backup in the world, knows the system, but he's not mobile. That's the biggest thing here. Bad offensive line now against that Cleveland defensive line. And that Cleveland defense at home is, I don't know what it is. Is it the crowd, the noise? They're allowing, I don't think I've ever seen this big of splits this late in the year. 10 points per game at home, 30.7 on the road. I, I mean, 10, 10 is shocking. But for a team that's allowed 10 at home to allow 30 on the road is also very shocking. But uh, I mentioned all the injuries for the Browns. Excuse me, for the Jags. The Browns will be much healthier this week. Uh, Goodwin potentially could be back with Tillman and Belks. I don't think Cooper's going to go with a concussion, although it seems like more guys you saw Alave go last week are. But what does that mean? I think it's going to be Joe Flacco. It could still be DTR. But Flacco's looked the best. I mean, he looked pretty decent. His arm still looks good. He could throw the deep ball. You got, and he loves him. He loves some, 
himself some more. I think Moore had 250 air yards last week, the most of any uh, wide receiver in any game this year. Deep balls with the wind, and Flacco's been good in the wind throughout his career, but deep balls in the wind against this beat-up and bad secondary, what is that going to lead to? Some PIs. That's the path to success for the Browns' offense. But most importantly, I just do not see, assuming that Trevor Lawrence is out, which I'm pretty confident that he will be, I don't know how the Jags will score with Beathard, without Kirk, against this D-line. Looks like Denzel Ward's going to be back, which is big. He's kind of the key to that defense. Allows them to do so much. Uh, so, yeah, give me the Browns laying a field goal at home. I think they win, like, let's call it. I would lean under, too, even at this low number. But uh, I- I'll call it, like, they're going to win, like, 17-6 uh, is what I'm feeling. And for what it's worth, this is pretty crazy because this is against the close. Weather totals always get hit. You know, they always get hit and they come down. This is against the close. NFL games with 10-plus mile-an-hour wins at kickoff, which this certainly will be. 18-5-1 to the under this year, going under by five points per game. Last three seasons, 110-55-1. It's insane. One of the most efficient markets in the world. They just they don't go low enough. This should be super low scoring. I just trust the Browns' defense more, and I actually tr- and I trust the Browns' offense more with the injuries that the Jags have and C.J. Beathard at the helm. Give me Cleveland minus three. That seems to be the handicap with Cleveland. It's their night and day home and road, and obviously some injuries contributed to that on defense, but it looks like they're going to be healthy at least defensively. Uh, obviously losing Cooper, not ideal, but C.J. Beathard with, you know, Calvin Ridley's already been kind of touch and go this year. He's been struggling, but Cleveland's defense is is healthy and, and plays like it ha- did earlier in the year at home. The Jaguars probably aren't getting to double digits. Like you said, it's going to be like a 13-6 type of situation. So I can't knock it there. And I would lean under as well. I could run on the field if need be. <laughs> Please. You know, on the podcast, you joke about my recent Browns, Ravens, uh, <laughs> bad luck and bad calls. I cashed like seven straight bets in Cleveland going there, uh, betting the Ravens. Flacco owned cleveland and we would never lose there so i've had a lot of success backing flacco in that stadium in my life so hopefully it works with him on the other team for my first pick of the week 14 sunday six pack and the second overall i'm going with the carolina panthers plus five and a half at the new orleans saints and i'm a man of my Panthers whisperer is back i'm a man of my word i said it all year super down on this panther team I didn't bet on them until they cashed my win total under. They they cashed it at, what, the week after Thanksgiving? Bet them last week. They came through with the, the cover late. I mean, had a chance to win that game, but, you know, we can't expect, can't, can't ask for too much here. But now we're getting another one of these dead number spreads that I think is too high against another one of these shaky NFC South opponents. And... The New Orleans, I think we both agreed earlier in the year, too, that this New Orleans Saints team was going to be overrated just because they were playing in a bad division. But you're starting to see the bottom come out of this Saint team. I mean, there's drama, there's bickering, you know, internally, there's guys tweeting things, the, the coach is getting more and more fed up, and it's kind of losing his cool, you know, with the media. And that's kind of what I expected with the Saint team. But let's, let's focus on 
on the field. Yeah, I said it last week. The Panthers really, and, and you know, the Panthers. I think an article came out in the Athletic about how what you know all the things that were going wrong with the the Panthers. But uh, I wouldn't let that scare you away because we already knew the Panthers were at rock bottom. Uh, now the Saints might end up there because if they don't win this division where everyone stinks, uh, it's going to be a problem for them. But on defense, the Panthers improving. You mentioned it last healthier. week. Yeah, healthier and since the bye. Uh, this defense has been an above average unit since the week seven by Carolina ninth in EPA per play. If you exclude turnovers, which you make a good point, you know, that, that tends to create massive swings in EPA also eighth in success rate, uh, New Orleans, by the way, over that span 28, uh, on defense. So New Orleans, you know, all that talk about, oh, they don't allow 20 points. Well, you know, the, their defense, not as healthy. And it's starting to, to to get exposed, but no, no, Jason, a lot of more hurts. I mean, that's obviously the bigger one. You also got uh, Pete Werner's on the uh, injury report. Marcus Mays banged up; it wasn't able to to go last week. Malcolm Roach, defensive tackle, uh, banged up as well. But for the Panthers, and this, I feel like this is deja vu because I feel like we were sitting here last year talking about the same thing. J.C. Horn missed most of the year. He only played in two games. Their best cornerback and one of the better cornerbacks. In the league, he's back. He came back last week. He was on a, a pitch count, but he all, didn't miss a beat, graded out. Uh, he would be the top five over a 90 grade from PFF in his first game back. And remember, he came back last year around midseason. He missed a couple games. Carolina immediately went seven and three right after when, when Horn came back. And yeah, it was also the coach turnover and things like that. But you know, Horn did in, help improve that defense, and I think he's going to do the same thing here because the Saints right now, you know, Shahid is banged up. So the Saints really have one guy uh, on the perimeter that you have to account for at the moment, and that's Chris Olave. I know your boy Lynn Bowden is there uh, as well, but uh, realistically, you know, Chris Olave is the main threat, over 100 yards last week. J.C. Horn uh, does have the ability to, uh, you know, limit him. And – Carolina is now eight and four against the spread in the last 12 games that JC Horn was active, only been active for two this year. And then also the last 10 last year. And then now you're looking at Jameis Winston, likely to start. Well, we know we love to fade Jameis Winston when he is a favorite doesn't happen often, but it happens enough. And this is a big one. I mean, we're talking about five and a half points, anything more than a field goal. I mean, ugly, Uh, but Jameis, Historically, eight and nineteen against the spread as a favorite. That is just thirty percent. And two poorly coached teams. The Saints might even be more poorly coached now that you know Frank Reich is out of the picture for the Panthers. Dennis Allen, as a favorite, has happened even less than Jameis Winston has been a favorite. Uh, amazingly, but in his career, Dennis Allen twenty-two times has been a favorite. He's covered five. Twenty-four percent against the spread. 5-16-1, failing to cover by an average of 4.7 points per game. This season, Saints have been favored 10 times. Amazingly, 10 times the Saints have been favored. They've covered once. 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 There's only two teams with worse against the spread records than the Panthers. The Patriots and the New Orleans Saints. So give me, for the second week in a row, Carolina against this god-awful NFC South. I completely agree. 
No, no notes to add. That's the side. All right, for my second pick in the third overall of the Week 14 Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the Chicago Bears plus three and a half against the Detroit Lions. Back to the well. I think this is the second time that I've played the Bears in the history of this podcast. The first was two weeks ago against the Lions. And again, they should have won. I think they were up 12 with uh, four minutes to go in the game and somehow lost. But good spot here. Bears off of a bye. Like Lions second straight road game. And weather. It's outdoors in December. What does that mean? We get the fade. Jared Goff, the pumpkin. Uh, Jared Goff, everyone talks about his great against the spread record. He's 30 and 15 against the spread indoors. 500 outdoors, and that doesn't account for when there's conditions. 64% of his picks, 75% of his fumbles have come outdoors. He's 1-6 against the spread outdoors in December when temperatures are less than 50. His teams are averaging 14 points per game. Those are kind of the peripheral reasons why I like this, but I also like what I'm seeing on, on the field for the Bears. Talked about this two weeks ago. They're playing much better of late. They should have won in Detroit. How about, let's just look at these defenses since week seven. EPA per play, Bears sixth, Lions 29th. Success rate, Bears eighth, Lions 31st. So uh, Bears, by the way, their offense, top 10 success rate over that stretch. Fields is progressing. The offensive line pieces are there. The defense got healthier in the secondary. I mean, Jalen Johnson is playing out of his mind. Can take away a receiver on that end, even if Goff can get the ball there. Uh, but you added sweat, which can give you a little bit more pressure. And then, you know, the Bears are basically fully healthy now, and the Lions are not. I'd be shocked if Frank Ragnow plays. That's huge to their run game, and that's what they're going to need here in these conditions. And I don't think people know how big of a loss Lee McNeil is. I I know that Hutchinson's the household name, and Lee McNeil is their best defender. He's out. That's huge in the middle. That will allow the Bears to run the ball. Alex Anzalone might still be out. Lions struggle with mobile quarterbacks. This defense is just bad, and you lost your your biggest, best piece in the middle. I love the way that the Bears are trending. Don't love the way that the Lions are trending. Get, catching over a field goal at home in a division game with pumpkin golf all day. Give me the Bears. Yeah, I uh, love your point on Lee McNeil. I think it was Joe Buck and Aikman talking about that. Yeah, the Bears were on Monday night a couple weeks ago uh, against the Vikings, and uh, – and they were talking about that too, how you know, real ones know Aline McNeil is, is kind of the heart of that that line D. So if he's out, that's that's a big loss for them. And right now, you got your two center pieces on both yeah, sides. Yeah, on both sides of the trenches, right? You know, love the the fate of the Jared Goss blitz as well. Uh I started a week, you know, with Kerner on the Fabio, you know, you know, we pick a quarterback we're high and low on. And the guy I was low on this week, Jared Goff, you know, in my projection model, I was kind of surprised for a second. To, you know, because he's averaging about five, uh, seven and a half yards in attempt, about 275 yards per game. And my model to start the week, it had him at 250 yards and seven flat. And I'm like, wait, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, it's golf outside. This year alone, indoor, 8.1 yards per attempt, outdoor, 6.9. Indoor, 2.3 total touchdowns per game. Outdoor, one total touchdown per game. Career with Detroit, indoor, 7.4 yards in attempt. Outdoor, 6.9. Indoor, 5.3% touchdown percentage. Outdoor, 2.8. His touchdown rate literally has gotten cut in half just about when going indoor to outdoor. And I'm not even splitting it by, you know, I could, you know, filter it out further and take and, out. Yeah, yeah. right. Like I, this is just raw 
you know, indoor outdoor splits, you're talking about winds that could get upwards of 20 miles per hour. You're talking about some rain here. So I agree with this. Small hands. He just throws it into the ground like every play. It's really sad to watch. For my second pick, fourth overall of the week 14 Sunday six pack, I'm going with the Houston Texans minus four at the New York Jets. And first, I got to say, pour one out for my guy Tank Dell. I mean, just a devastating injury to, to lose a guy like that. Yeah, I mean, the, the Texans just cannot get their top four wideouts healthy, but I, I got to go. I got to keep, I think you've been doing it as well, you know, just going to keep going back. We've both been kind of riding the Texans lately. Uh, I'm going to keep going back to the well and fading this Jets team here. And the reason I'm doing it is actually a little bit different than I think the reasons we've been backing the Texans in the past. So obviously, you know, CJ Stroud is great. This Jet defense is also great. It's a top five defense. He, he lost his best receiver. Now, Nico Collins has been balling and, you know, Brown's had some big games. You still got Woods. You got some young guys. So uh, you know, Texans office is not sunk or anything, but Dell is a big loss, obviously. But uh, what I think is undervalued, because you're always looking for, you know, what is the market not accounting for uh, when, when you're trying to find an edge? I think now the biggest thing that's undervalued is the Houston defense. And I think eventually we're like, Houston's going to blow somebody out at some point. We keep waiting for it. And they keep playing in these close games. And I think it might happen this week, but not because of their offense. I think their offense, their offense just has to be able to, you know, take advantage of some short fields and, uh, you know, get a get a few points on the get to double digits. If you can get to you know, double digits, I don't know if the Jets are going to score more than a couple of field goals here. So if the Texans could get to thirteen or so, that might be enough. And here's why. Houston's defense was pretty bad for a, a good part of the year, but we know they have a defensive head coach in D'Amico Ryan. So you figure once, you know, guys got healthy, they would be able to turn around. And I think they're, I think they're coming along because you look at their cornerbacks. Now, all three of their starting corners grayed out in the top 25 at PFF uh, among over a hundred, about 120 qualifiers. Uh, Steven Nelson is 25th. Derek Stingley is 17th, and then Desmond King, who they just uh, re-signed and, and reinserted into the lineup in the slot, he would grade 18th if he had enough snaps to qualify. And it's not just a small sample thing because he was uh, number the number 20 cornerback last season. So he kind of picked up where he left off. But Stingley's been really impressive. Uh, he came back four games yeah, ago. Great. Yeah, he came back four games ago. He's got a pick in each of his last three games, four picks in total over his last three games. He's allowing just 57% of the passes into his coverage to be completed, and he's broken up or intercepted just under 30% of the targets into his coverage. Now, for the Jets team, that's, it, it, it's getting everything's getting worse for this Jets offense. I mean, you know, Garrett Wilson is their only receiver, but... Now you're they're trying to put some young guys in there, and they, like Brownlee's got hurt. Then they had to like reinsert Lazard after healthy scratching him. Uh, you know, if Brownlee misses, you might you might have to bring back Cobb to be active again. Uh, I think he has three catches all year. So it, you know, CJ Uzoma, your your blocking tight end went down. Uh, your rookie Abana Kanda, who I thought was going to get some 
some playing time. They played them in one game, and I don't know what happened. I guess they didn't like what they saw, and they're like, oh, hey, let's go give more carries to Dalvin Cook. So now they gave nine carries to Dalvin Cook last week. That was their grand plan. Uh, Dalvin Cook is obviously washed. And this Houston defense is number six in the league in fewest explosive runs allowed. That's really the only avenue the Jets have to success is getting one of those 80-yard Brees Hall uh, big plays. Jets are on their ninth offensive line combination, I believe it is. They're giving up the second most pressures. And another thing I think was happening with this Houston defense is their pass rush is starting to come along as well. Will Anderson Jr., number three overall pick, uh, now he's up to a top 15 edge rusher in, in terms of how he's grading out. He's top six among edge rushers and quarterback hits. He's top eight in run stops. And, and Greenard on the other side has also been playing really well. And yeah, Zach Wilson, like reluctant to start. Like, and this could be literally the last chance he ever gets to start. And he's reluctant to start. I mean, is this Jets. Yeah, that's that's where this could get ugly. Cause if then if he gets, if he like throws a pick early. You obviously know his confidence already shake, and then you're going to get booze, and then it and you're going to get Rippin. You're going to get Rippin or Simeon. So yeah. Rippin might know. actually be worse than Wilson, which is hard to do. I, I I mean I think they are. So this line was sitting around uh, five and a half until Wilson got ruled in, and then it moved to four. Which I mean it, it's it sounds crazy, but it's it's not that egregious. Do we even get Zach Wilson for four quarters? Probably not. And you have the worst third down and red zone offense in the league, 32nd in both for the Jets, right? So that's Nathaniel Hackett in charge of the worst third down offense, I think in, in, in some time too, like this is, it's, they're 23%. Like 23%. I mean, they're bad. Yeah. yeah, they're, but listen to this. Nathaniel Hackett, worst third down offense this year with the Broncos last year, worst third down offense. So you're talking about a stretch of, you got fired with what, two games remaining? So you're talking about a stretch of, 27 straight games and counting that the Jets offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, for some reason Aaron Rodgers loves, probably because he doesn't do a goddamn thing unless Rodgers do everything. 27 straight games, Nathaniel Hackett has led a historically futile third down offense with two completely different quarterbacks, teams, coaching staffs, offensive lines, and offenses. Like, unbelievable. And he might even be back. He might be back again. Next year, uh, I don't think this Jet offense can score, and I think the Houston defense is underrated. And Zach Wilson, as an underdog uh, of less than six points or as a favorite, uh, has failed to cover in eight of his last nine games. Give me Texans minus four. Uh, no, I have no real strong feel here, but I want no part of the Jets. So it's Texans or nothing. Uh, for my third pick and the fifth overall of the week 14 Sunday six pack. I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks plus 10 and a half at the San Francisco 49ers. Does that sound painful to you fading the 49ers right now? Good. That's how I like to bet the NFL. A lot of times the sides that don't even on it. It hurts. You don't want to do it, but that's usually when you're buying low on a team or selling high, which is my overarching principle when I'm betting the NFL. I think this is the very peak of the market on the 49ers. You're having some odds makers come out, say they're five or six points better than everyone else. We've seen this story. I don't countless times over the past decade. This team's unstoppable. It's the NFL still. Uh, this is the divisional game still. And it's a great spot. You have the 49ers. They got their playoff revenge. They're in Philly. They're coming across the country now, riding high. They're playing a Seattle team that's has extra rest, playing for their season. You're going to get Seattle's best effort here. 
classics sell high, buy low on both fronts. For what it's worth, Pete Carroll, he doesn't get talked enough as a dog, but he always gets his team up for these spots. He promised everyone they're going to make the playoffs. He promised everyone that they're going to show up this week. I trust that they will. Pete Carroll's a dog, 50-33-3, and 60.2%, 20-12 in division. As an underdog, he's the second most profitable coach by Mike Tomlin among 148 over the past 20 years. Division road dogs over 10 points over the past 20 years, 94, 74, and 3, 56%. Teams laying double digits after four-plus straight wins, right? Who wants to fade these teams? They've won four straight. Now they're laying double digits, presumably against a team they're much better on. 61-81 against the spread, 43.3% over the past 20 years. All that just to provide context to the buy low, sell high here. Uh, yeah, hold your nose. It's not the worst matchup for Geno Smith. I don't think he was fully healthy in the first meeting, but Hal San Fran likes to play. They don't blitz. They don't play a ton of man. Uh, I think you'll get Seattle's best effort here. 49ers might come out a little bit flat. Uh, I think this is a bit too many points uh, in this divisional matchup. Give me Seattle. Yeah, it's absolutely the correct spot for Seattle. Uh, I did think about it. I'm The only thing that makes me a little bit, uh, and I mean, obviously, like you said, you're going to be an easy bet in these spots, is I, I do think, like, in general, San Francisco just matches up very well with Seattle. I, I you know, loved what I saw out of Seattle to stay close with, with Dallas last week. Uh, so they obviously shown they can hang with elite teams. Uh, but now can they do it? Uh, can they do it in this one, which they, they've really just never been close, uh, frankly. But uh, I'll give you another Pete Carroll trend that's, I think, even better than than the ones you mentioned. Pete Carroll, off a multi-game losing streak in his career, 21-5 and five against the spread, 81%, uh, 54% ROI. So uh, this is absolutely, absolutely a Seahawks spot. I mean, hey, you're getting the hook. So... You could get, you know, a 31 17 a blowout. Yeah, right. And score right. late, exactly. too. Exactly. For my third and final pick, the six overall of the week 14 six, Sunday six pack, I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals plus one at home against the Indianapolis Colts. And this is just a, it's kind of one of those bets. It's almost like a money line dog bet in a way where there's just some uncertainty here. And I'm getting, you know, a dog at home in for two teams that I think are fairly evenly matched. And the thing about Jake Browning starting for this Bengal team, and uh, he obviously showed well on uh, Monday night against the Jaguars. I, I know Lawrence got hurt, but still a, a still a solid Jaguar squad. But I, there's a there's a fair chance that Browning is better than Gardner Minshew, and. If that's the case, then uh, this Bengal team is even more undervalued than, you know, a point uh, or two, because so far it's obviously a small sample and we've seen these backup quarterbacks flame out, which could be true of Minshew as well. But, uh, you know, Minshew top five and turnover worthy play rate, uh, 5.2%, Browning 3.1%, on target percentage, Minshew 73%, Browning 82%. uh, Oh, under pressure, Minshew passer rating 68, Browning passer rating under pressure 99. Uh, I could keep going. Look at weapons. Michael Pittman having an amazing year, but Jamar Chase still better than Michael Pittman. T. Higgins better than Alec Pierce. 
give, give probably give da- Josh Downs the edge over Boyd, but jo- Downs has been a little banged up uh, as of late. You're missing Jonathan Taylor in this spot. He just had surgery on his thumb while the Bengals may have found something with their rookie Chase Brown to take some of the pressure off Mixon. He ran nine times for 61 yards in his first extended action. Uh, the Bengals defense is not good. But again, you have a, a turnover wor- a turnover prone quarterback. Uh, you're at home. You're going against a turnover prone quarterback. You're at home. You have better weapons, and you probably have the better quarterback. And you know, the Colts get Grover Stewart back. That should help their run defense. But again, you know, that's not a major thing against the Bengals. But I, I think Brown does give them some explosiveness to kind of combat that Colts defense. And beyond that, it's just a, a very mediocre. A Colts team and a Bengals team that actually, you know, offensively does have a pretty explosive supporting cast if, if Browning can continue doing what he does and, uh, you know, completing 32 out of 37 passes. So uh, I'm going to take my chances here uh, because I, I do think that the market might be, you know, overrating this Colts team. Really lucky to uh, extend that winning streak to four games uh, with the Titans you know, blowing the weed, the punter getting hurt, which probably cost them that extra point, which could have, you know, prevented the game from going to overtime in the first place. So, you know, this four-game winning streak, let's look at who the Panthers – I mean, let's look at who the uh, Colts have beat. The Carolina Panthers, where it would have been a tie game uh, if not for two Bryce Young pick sixes. They won 27-13. They beat the Patriots 10-6. to Should have lost that game if Matt Jones literally didn't trip over himself and throw a pick when there was a wide open man in the end zone. One of the worst picks you'll ever see of all time. Unforced error. Uh, you beat Then they beat the Bucks 27-20. Bucks have been banged up uh, on defense. And, and then they get lucky uh, against the Titans and, and come back in overtime and, and win at the end of that game when the Titans punter uh, goes down and, and, and they screw up an extra point. So I give the Colts props for you know doing taking care of business. But I'm not impressed with this Colts team in the slightest. And I think there might be some unrealized upside for Browning here. Might be able to go on like a two, three game kind of Josh Dobbs like streak uh, with these kind of with these weapons before he comes back down to earth. So I want to kind of catch that, uh, you know, catch that while I still can. He's averaging over eight yards in attempt right now. Give me the Bengals a short home dogs. Yeah, Colts are frauds. Uh yeah, it's, I'm looking to fade them the rest of the way. I'll have more on this game later. All right, that's going to wrap our Week 14 six-pack. Stuck has the Browns minus three, Bears plus three and a half, Seahawks plus ten and a half, uh, Panthers plus five and a half, Texans minus four, and Bengals plus one and a half. Uh, some interesting quarterbacks. You have Flacco, Fields, and Geno. So, I mean, not the, not the best, but not the worst. Uh, and then I have the two... The two top two picks, Bryce Young and, and Stroud, and then the wild card, Jake Browning. So that is going to wrap it for the week 14. Sunday six pack next up is our coach's pep talk. You keep playing the way you're playing, we're going to get our ass beat again tonight. And it stops right now. This week's pep talk comes to us from an actual coach's pep talk. This is former Buffalo Bill head coach. Lou Saban captured in the locker room way back in 1974. We're going to dedicate this one to the Carolina Panthers. We're at the crossroads. And no question about that. 
But it's not the end of the world. I just want us to do a job that we're capable of doing. If we die, we die together. You can get it done. You can get it done. What's more, you gotta get it done. Let's go. If we die, we die. But we riding with them second week in a row. So best of luck to Bryce Young and Brian Burns. Try not to punch somebody this time. Let's get this. Let's get this covered. Now it's time for our favorite total of the week. All right. So last week, uh, Pittsburgh, Arizona did not get there for us. New England uh, Chargers was not even a sweat. So this week, interestingly, I don't know if we've done this before, but uh, we're just going to kind of ro- ride like either, but we're both getting a point or neither of us are getting a point because we both like the same total. And, yeah, we only, uh, and we only like one total and we don't want to get yeah, out we only, exactly. Like, so. Yeah, it's, it's a wonky week. Everyone's looking to bet unders and take all these, you know, no touchdowns and under seven and a half point, all these alt lines. But I mean, come on, like the market is trying to goad you into this. Uh, you know, it's, it's, we're, and we're also recording this, you know, four days out. We don't know the true forecast. The weather could here. change a lot. Right. Yeah. So what we're doing, I think we're kind of on the same page here and I'll let you, uh, break it down more, but it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Atlanta Falcons over 39 and a half. Uh, from my perspective, I like it because number one, it's indoors and you're getting a low total. Uh, you have a Falcon squad that plays a lot better. Desmond Ritter plays a lot better at home. I believe only one uh, of his home starts has landed below 39 so shop around see if you can get the you know the 39 flat uh that would obviously help but you know Ritter's just for whatever reason he's and this is going back to what was it college high school even he's just always been better uh at home but uh, with the Falcons you you've had a uh let's see what did you have you had you had a thir- you had a land on 39 flat against the Saints but that you know the kicker missed a couple field goals there so that should have been well over uh, Atlanta, Washington in, in Atlanta got to 40 uh, Atlanta, Minnesota. Uh, yeah. Atlanta, Minnesota was in the fifties. Uh, Atlanta, Houston got to 40 Atlanta, Green Bay got to 49. Uh, the Panthers were the one that didn't Atlanta, Tampa Bay at the end of last year, got to 47 uh, and Ritter's uh, first home start also got to 39. So 39 is kind of the floor more, more so. Then, uh, then I think the median when the Falcons are at home, the Bucks defense has been a bottom five unit since their week five bye. Uh, we've talked about this last week. A lot of guys probably aren't healthy. You know, guys did return to practice. I think David uh, is back at practice, but I don't think the you know Carlton Davis and, and Jamel Dean are fully healthy, even if they're on the field. And and the Bucks lost a ton of linebackers. The Falcons also lost AJ Terrell he, in the concussion protocol, so he is very iffy most most guys aren't playing when they get it uh on the protocol uh you got mike evans you got uh Bijan robinson starting to come into his own uh offenses are healthy for the most part uh and uh this falcon defense is also uh in dvoa a, a bottom eight unit so uh, a lot to like here with the over uh in this one uh what do you what are you seeing in this one yeah, uh, it was way too low. Indoor game. They, when these two teams played earlier this year, outdoors, it was 16 to 13. But there was 730 total yards of offense. Ritter rittered a bunch. 
The teams went one of seven in the red zone with five turnovers. There should have been. Should, I mean, they should have scored at least 40 points in that yeah, game. Yeah, I remember Baker missing like a wide open uh, touchdown at one point. Um, yeah, I mean, Falcons and, and Ritter fumbled right at like the one inch line too. Twice. Fumbled a touchdown. Yeah, twice. Twice. There was twice. two fumbles at the one. Uh, the Falcons averaged 6.3 yards per play in that game. The Bucks averaged 5.1. As you mentioned, Terrell's done. Nate Lamon's probably hurt. He's been pretty good for them. Grady Jarrett is out for the year. You're missing some key pieces now on that defense. The Bucks D is atrocious. I, I mean, it is. I don't know what's going on outside of uh, uh, Vita Vea and, uh, oh, my God, uh, Winfield. No one is playing well. And I actually think that Devin White's going to come back this week, which is a disaster. He's yeah, not he getting re-signed. He's been arguably the worst linebacker in the NFL. And Todd Bowles won't sit him. I mean, last week, I would argue that J.J. Russell, a practice squad player, replaced him, had a better game than, than Devin White has had all year. And he's horrendous. He's been horrendous against the run. I think it, it's actually going to hurt them when he comes back. But there's also – so and the Falcons play fast, Bucks middle of the road. There's also some regression here that should help both offenses. Atlanta's defense, 33% opponent third down conversion rate. That's number two. 30 in the league. No, 37% red zone touchdown percentage. That's number one in the league. This isn't a top two defense. Uh, and then Tampa's also – their Tampa's D's fourth in red zone touchdown percentage. And both offenses have been unlucky in the red zone if you look at some advanced metrics. So I think this is the game where a lot of potential where these any red zone trip – it's going to turn into sevens instead of threes. Yeah, I like the over here. Now it's time for our favorite teaser of week 14. Oh, yeah. Six-point teasers. If you don't want me to. This is one of those weeks where the slate is kind of a little bit cut and dried for us. Uh, I think we're going with the same teaser as well. Ravens teasing them down from seven to one and the Bills up from two and a half to eight and a half. So uh, talk about those two. Yeah, classic teasers here, teasing through three and seven. Yeah, I think Ravens at home off the bye in weather, the better run defense against a finesse Rams team is the side Harbaugh generally very good off the bye as well. I think the Rams are just outclassed here. Uh, they've had a good season, but I mean, all their wins have come against like the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Uh, and then the backup Browns last week, this is still a bad day. Ravens, I think come out focused, get it done at home, better built for the conditions that you'll see there with the Rams coming across the country as well. And then uh, the bills. Yeah. I think that I played some bills Super Bowl today, 50 to one, which should be a fun sweat, small bet. And I'll, Sometimes I put a bet in because I, I mean, if the Bills get in to the playoffs, and I think they do from everything that I'm, I've been looking at, but I would love the 51 in my pocket. But also, part of it is a small bet is entertainment value. I'm going to get a sweat out of rooting for the playoff race for the every game. Like I can even now, I even care about the Steelers Patriots now, rooting for the Steelers to lose. But Bills off a bye here. I don't trust the Chiefs offense to win with margin right, right now. They're, they're broken. Um, Bills are right there with them. Happily take Josh Allen and this Bills team in a desperation spot off the bye. I think they went outright. So um, I wanted to get three and a half. Market was never going to let it get there. So, yeah, Bills-Ravens. Yeah, I was just about to say, we know how this script goes with Bills-Chiefs. The Bills 
go to Kansas City in the regular season and win and then lose in heartbreaking fashion in the playoffs. That's that's just how it goes with those Chiefs. So this uh, – I'm pretty sure – The only time, by the way, I've ever faded Mahomes as a field goal uh, favorite or or below uh, is against the Bills multiple times. Yeah. Let's, uh, and speaking of which, let's uh, we'll go to our money line dog in a minute. But uh, Ravens down to one, Bills up to eight and a half. Going with our teaser, going both of us are going with our for our teaser. And as a reminder, the Action Network podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code Action A C T I O N when signing up to get up to fifteen hundred dollars paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now it's time for our underdog money line parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the Moneyline Parlay. Uh, let's go back to one of your picks. Let's go to the Bengals. Uh, small dog here, Browning Nation. Uh, it's really just a fate of the Colts, though. So, uh, a fraud. Uh, laying points on the road as they should not be. Uh, I think that the Bengals are dumb for winning. But it's too early. You can't just purposely lose. But it's going to hurt them next year. And uh, the Colts are a fraud. So I think the Bengals win. I mean, hey, Browning keeps averaging over eight yards in a tent with the 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 mess of the AFC. All of a sudden, uh, they they probably have some confidence, so they, they're you know they're probably back into it. Uh, so can't knock it. But yeah, they uh, win. They're right back in the mix. Exactly, and they're not so, going to win anything. Is my point. But they could get to the playoffs. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go with the between. I think the Bills and the Raiders for me. Uh, but let's go Raiders here, just because this is kind of an interesting spot. You know, Vikings. I think every you know. Everyone's hype. Justin Jefferson looks like he's going to make his return. Uh, Dobbs will have him for the first time. But you're talking about a, a team on the road laying three points that was thinking about benching its quarterback. Uh, Expiration date. And on the other side, I, I like what I've seen out of Antonio Pierce. I mean, his two losses are to the, the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Not really anything to be ashamed of there. I think, you know, that coaching staff has made some positive changes, getting the right guys on the field, you know, getting Renfro back involved in the offense. I think they're a little uh, hard-nosed, physical, more gritty. Max Crosby was like the same week Slayton did it. So two guys played through doubtful tags a couple weeks ago for the first time in uh, in ages. That's happened. So uh, I, I do think the Raiders, uh, they're without McDaniel, they, they, have, they have enough talent. Like, Connor wasn't terrible. Exactly. Like, these are two mediocre teams, and one of them, because they've been on a little bit more of a streak, you know, weighing three on the road, uh, I don't, I can't, I cannot get there. So, same thing for the money line plus 130. Uh, I'm going with the Vegas Raiders, Carlitos, two together, uh, Cincy uh, minus 105, and the Raiders plus 130. You get parlay odds of plus. 349 so about three and a half to one payout on those now it's time for the best of the rest games we haven't covered in any other segment but are still as they say meaningful to some that's going to be a touchdown but that may be meaningful to some of you and you know who i mean 
Yeah, I agree. With, I agree with you, Raiders. By the way, I was about to change my money line pick to Raiders because when we were texting each other, mm-hmm. and then as I was about to text you, you texted Raiders. So I was like, all right, we have the Raiders covered. All right, first up, we got Denver going to SoFi to take on the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers favored by three. The total is forty-four. I am pretty much in line with the the market on this. You know, Chargers. In a spot like this, three is usually the perfect spread because they're either gonna it's either gonna land exactly on three or they're gonna you know find a way to lose by three or or win by three. It's usually how it goes in these games, unless you know some sometimes wonkiness will happen with you know, Staley going for two or something like that. But uh, I think this line is about right. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in line with the market on this one. What do you think? Yeah, I lean Chargers. I want to fade the Broncos. I like some of the changes that Staley's made recently on defense. I mean, look, I know that they shut off the pass, but they were. Fairly feisty against Baltimore. Made some changes in the secondary, some schematic changes. I'm going to see what that looks like again this week. But they don't run the ideal defense to play, you know, to just completely take away Russell Wilson. And then I'm worried about a couple matchup things. Like Denver should be able to run it on them, and that kind of sets everything else up. And then if you just have Sertain take away Keenan Allen, what do do the Chargers have left, right? So pass. Uh, And then the big one, we have the Eagles at the Cowboys. Cowboys at BetMGM are minus three, minus 125. Uh, they are minus three and a half at many other spots. The total is 52. Eagles still one of the two luckiest teams in the league, along with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I lean Dallas here. Dallas has been a lot better at home. It's a revenge spot. And you know the Eagles could talk all they want to talk. They could sign all the Shaq winners they want to sign. But I still think this Eagle team has has some flaws, and that's what we're kind of seeing. You know, we finally saw it come out uh, against the the 49ers. So I'd wean Cowboys there, but don't love laying three and the hook. You know, Eagles still have kind of have that voodoo. Uh, but uh, what are you thinking? Yeah, I like Dallas. I want to play Dallas here. I didn't want to lay it either. I money line Dallas with the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins okay. are a free piece on Monday night. Um, but yeah, how, look, if you could get Dallas Goddard back, which would help. Um, but how will this game go any differently for the Dallas offense than it did in the first time around? Uh, I, I don't see how Dallas should just move the ball at will with their tight ends with CD lamb in the slot. CD lamb could have 200 yards. Now you're on a fast track, perfect weather where Dallas offense has just been humming. I, I don't, I don't see how this Dallas Philly's going to put up its points. But I don't and look the Dallas offensive line can handle the Eagles defensive lines we saw in the first meeting. And then the Philly can't cover them. So uh I think the Dallas defense will make a few more plays. The Eagles offense is still out of rhythm. And I think what puts it over the top for me, and by the way, the Eagles, but they got uh last week they were outgained by 123 yards again. This is a fifth straight game. They've been outgained by hundred plus yards. 10 win, 10 and 2 team with a plus 40 point differential. This team should be closer to 8 and 5. Um, 8 and 4, seven, even 7 and 5 than 10 and 2. But uh, the other thing is the spot. You mentioned the revenge. Dallas extended rest, last played on Thursday night. The Eagles have played the Cowboys in a thriller. Um, you know, then they have their bye week, but huge game. Chiefs 
Get their Super Bowl revenge. Short week, Bills OT. Next week, 49ers playoff rematch. That's just big game after big game after big game after big game. And uh, Dallas has had a lot of blowouts, and like they're going to be much more well rested and just. And they also have just in more a couple more days to prepare and rest for this. So great spot for Dallas. I don't love. I make it right around three and a half. So don't love laying three and a half. If you want to look for it live, look at this game. By the way, total fifty two and a half. Looks like a an alien this season. Um, I actually lean over, um, but I I'm I'm close to market there. I make it fifty two, but I I. I think I just might be low because the scoring environment's had. I don't see how there's many stops in this game unless Dallas just vomits on itself like it did in the first meeting in the red zone. Um, but, yeah, I think Dallas wins. I think Dallas is the side. I money-lined it with Miami. Yeah, I mean, at that, you know, I might I might just money-line it. Just, you know, I mean, I I, I agree. I think Miami is probably a, f- a free piece, but I, I, don't, I don't actually mind the money-line, um, you know, just taking it straight up here. But I look agree. at the Z- and and the only thing with the the total because I was thinking over too, but I know Philadelphia did mention you know we they want to get back to the run and that's kind of code yeah. for we need to shorten the game because if you look at Philly's defense, you mentioned they got outgained by you know hundred plus yards, but look at the yardage totals. So Philadelphia starting in week eight, they play the Commanders, they give up four hundred seventy two total yards. Then they play the Cowboys, 406. Chiefs, 336. Bills, 505. Niners, 456. Eagles are giving up over 400 yards of offense on average over their past five games. So I am pretty sure that the Eagles are going to try their darndest to go on those patented, you know, 18 play drives that end with the tush push. Uh, and, and try to shorten the game. That doesn't mean Dallas won't win. I still think Dallas has the edge, but yeah, could see could see the game shortened. So that that would be my only concern. Yeah, but yeah Philadelphia's just and it's a super high number. You can't have anything go wrong. Yeah, right. And Philadelphia's just bleeding yardage, and they, they, it, it ended up fifty-one last time. Should have been over last time, but that last the first one was probably the over one game. Although Dallas fast track, it, it probably will come down to you know who gets the ball yeah. first. You know, you could maybe couple red zone. Is there a and, red zone field goal or touchdown? Yeah. yeah it's, yeah, weirdness. But overall, I'm, I'm sure both teams are going to go for it, and instead of kicking field goals too, because yeah. I mean, you know, look at look at these offense, especially Dallas. So yeah, that, that's how I'm feeling. But yeah, I, I, I might uh, I might be on Dallas in some way somehow because I still think Philadelphia has uh, you know a ways to drop. Uh, still, Agreed. like they are, like you said, what is it? Yeah, their P- Pythagorean win total is six point nine, so it's essentially seven, oh, they're even lower, seven and five. Also. Yeah, seven and five. Yeah. They're at seven and five. Yeah. Team and again for all the Philly fans, not knocking them. You know you can stack wins and get that home field. Uh, more power to you, but uh, it's looking iffy right now. Eagles yeah. fans shouldn't care. You just the only goal in the regular season: get your wins, get the one seed, and then be healthy for the playoffs. Yeah, but I I think that they lose this game. Uh, that's going to do it for us on the Week 14 Action Network podcast. You can hear more of me with my guy Kerner this week talking fantasy. DFS, all that good stuff on the Fantasy Flex Pod. Uh, check out the Action Network Discord server as well. Link in the episode description. And uh, Stuck, of course, will be talking college football over on Big Bets on Campus podcast Friday morning. You can find Stuck on X at Stucky2. I'm at Chris Raybon. We're at those same handles on a free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money. Let's go. 
Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.